and welcome back to Afterwise. Your daily dose of... Because... <laughs> uh, we're idiots. Okay. No, it's more there was a lot of work, wasn't there? Yes. And I heard magazine stuff and, and school stuff and university and rubbish and all sorts. But we're and, back. And Rowan did no preparation because he can't work You did no preparation either. I have, I have a lot of information in my head. You're ready to be surprised. But, okay, this is episode three... We haven't recorded episode two This yet. is episode two. This is episode three. <laughs> this is episode two. <laughs> no, it's episode three. Well, you'll see if it's episode two or three. <laughs> I got my stuff together before your stuff, so this is episode two. We... And then you never got your stuff together and I planned my second episode. No, I, so... pl- I came all the way to here to do my... Excuse me, I picked you up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be... Three. <laughs> it's episode three. <laughs> We are discussing the work of the fourth Bronte person. There are many Brontes, of are which they? Bronte is the old. He's Branwell's the oldest. Oh, okay. We, are, we talk about Patrick Branwell, Bronte. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and in today's episode, episode two, we are discussing the poems of Branwell Bronte. Uh, he's actually Patrick Branwell Bronte, but people know him as Branwell. Why? Just, I thought he wasn't well known, and that's why we're doing a thing about him. No, you see, he is well known, Ugh. but not for his own merit. What's if he well you known ever for? study any of the other Bronte's works, hmm. you will mention context because context is important to literature. Blah blah, hmm. and um, what will come up is, oh, Bronte, he was the black sheep of the family. He was a man. He did nothing. <laughs> he wasn't as talented as his sisters. He died young because he did drugs and alcohol and. It's just a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. All we know of Branwell is just the hot mess of the family. Right. And, but he did actually do some work. Yeah, as, he, hence why he doing was episode. a drawing-y person. He painted, he did art, he drew. Um, they're <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm fairly asthmatic at the moment, so... I'm going to take my inhaler and we're going to be back. Because you know I'm editing this episode, you're making it as hard for me as possible, aren't you? It's going to be hell. (laughs) Oh, are we? So, Branwell was an artist. He did some paintings and drawings. They're all right. Are they? Have have you not seen them? I'll have a look. He's listed as a painter on Google. Yeah, that's what we'll talk about. That's the main thing he's sort of known for. But he was also a quite successful translator. Right. He did a lot of translations of works. Um, Such as? He was quite good at that. I can't tell you. Alcoholism. And opium. He's addicted to opium. I just told you. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said he was doing drugs, not opium. It was obviously opium. It's the 1800s, Rowan. <laughs> okay, I don't know history. Okay, where were we? <laughs> right, so Branwell did some paintings and drawings. Yes, we'll show you this one of him. Self-caricature of Branwell. Does it mean it's him drawing a picture of himself waiting to die? Yeah. <laughs> he seems like a quite depressed guy. Yeah. So, yeah, he's most known for his paintings. He also did some translations of works which are quite good. Um, I think those are well regarded as good. What isn't regarded as good, generally, is poetry. Right. But I say that. Recently, critics have started to go, well, actually, no, Branwell is sort of underrated. But I can't 
decide whether the, I agree with that definition. And they're just doing it. Or whether it's just... Yeah, the Brontes. No one wants to be bad about the Brontes. They're all yeah. a family of geniuses. It's hard to be like, and this was the bad one. Yeah. Um, so yes, we thought we'd have a look at some of his poems. What we didn't expect when we made this decision was how difficult it is to get a hold of his poems. So Yeah, you would expect them to be in public... They are in public domain, domain. the actual Pu- words, but the thing is... He doesn't exist in many books. He wasn't as well-renowned as his sister. And if you study the Brontes at a GCSE level or an A-level level, you're not going to go into much detail on Branwell apart from he was the black sheep of the family. He probably inspired some of the characters in the Brontes books who went off the rails, like John in Jane Eyre. Oh, okay. Um, And that's where you'll leave it. So it's more academic level where you start actually reading Branwell's works when you're taking into consideration the wider wider context of more context yeah and that means you can only really find his poems in academic books so the book we have taken these poems from and we've chosen one to have a look at costs 152 pounds yes that is a lot of money (laughs) we did not buy it but luckily (laughs) Amazon does a little thing where it lets you see inside the book (laughs) And the one I was most interested in happened to be in that little preview section that Amazon does. So we've read on Caroline, read a couple others, but we just chose this one. Yeah, because it was, it's quite short. (laughs) And it's not as boring as it's ever. (laughs) You can't say that. You've read about three. Yeah, yeah, but they're boring. I chose three to send you. Yeah. Um, He's pretty young when he's writing this. So he's not that... He's older than us. <laughs> yes, but he's not that old. Okay, okay, fine. He's not Gandalf. A lot of people get better at writing as they do more of it. Yes. That's, I think, a fair thing to say. But these are still published at the time, weren't they? Yes. Um... So he's a published author, so and we're not allowed to... Okay, so... <laughs> We're going to look at one poem, because we've only got a couple poems, because we could only get a little bit of the book, and then from them, this is the one that was most interesting to me, because critics widely think it was sort of reactionary to the death of his sister Maria. His sister died? Many of his sisters died. How many of his sisters died? (laughs) Um, There was a tuberculosis outbreak in the school the girls attended. Oh no. I think that off two of them. (laughs) And then later, some more people... Some more people died of tuberculosis later, including him. And one of them died in childbirth. You know, it's the 1800s. Many people died of tuberculosis. Many people died from childbirth. And frankly, so all of the Brontes did. Did they all die? I'm pretty sure... Wait, they all died. <laughs> this is the well, yes, future. They're they all are all dead, all dead now. now. Anyway, on Caroline. Um, it's not... It's about a girl called Caroline. And she yeah. dead. Why is she dead? No, we don't get her death. Oh. This is after her death. This is about the grief of those left behind. That's what the poem is predominantly about. But about specifically one person. So in the start of the poem, Branwell is basically, for the whole of the first stanza, using third person, I would say. Although you could argue that thy Caroline is a possessive term, so maybe it is second person. But it's clearly second person from the second stanza onwards. Right. Would you agree? Yes. Anything to add? I know those words. (laughs) And... 
uh, she's like, oh, she doesn't walk in the garden anymore. She doesn't yeah. walk in the halls. No, she's... Sherlock, she's dead. Thank you for that really <laughs> insightful addition, Rowan. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, and it's all about death, and they'll contra- there's this contrast between the language of thing. Second paragraph is kind of like a sad image. Uh, to thee while watching over the bed where mute and motionless she lay. So basically this person has seen her lying in bed dead. But that was quite common at the time. Yeah, they used I think to have kept the body. Kept the body to have visiting. Hygiene so. wasn't much as important. But it's also quite self-loathing, which is interesting. Did you pick up on that? No, I didn't pick up her most thing. Because... Uh, why beats thy breast when hers is still? Why lingerest thou when she is gone? So he feels guilty about it. Yeah, it's like, why is she dead why? and not me? <laughs> why her Sorry, not me? It's in the second person, so why is she dead and not you? <laughs> <laughs> Which actually could not be self-loathing. That could just that be very hateful. hatred of mankind. Yeah. Um, it, so it's uh, the only... Di- what makes it different from most grievy poems... Um, there's less God than you'd expect from the era. Yeah. There's you'd expect something like, now that God keepeth you and... So, was he less religious? Yes. Um, it's part of why... Because at first, all the Branwells collab... Well, not all the Branwells, all the Brontes collaborated a lot. Branwell was actually the first of the Brontes to be published. He was published in local newspapers right. and national newspapers. He was one of the few Brontes who was paid to be published as well. He didn't pay to publish himself. But that was just sexism. Um, well, actually, it's interesting. The female Brontes all used um, pseudonyms right. so that they could publish under male androgynous names right. so they could get the respect that men would have. So you've got Currabell, Acton Bell. Um, but Branwell also uses a pseudonym. He doesn't have to. <laughs> he just quite enjoys it. He's Northam- Northangerland. Which is a quite posh pretend. But Bronte's posh enough. <laughs> well, no, it's just, it's interesting that he chooses a pseudonym also. Yeah. And when they were younger, they um, wrote fantasy stories that they all collaborated on. That's cool. There's some poems that um, Charlotte and Branwell have collaborated on. But as they got older, and Branwell sort of took a step back from religion, because they all grew up in a very religious household. Um, he got into alcohol and drugs. So it's... The sisters, who are all quite pious, were just sort of like, what is he doing? He's throwing his life away. And they just sort of disassociated from him. I know. So do you think he was rebelling against his parents and his religious coaching father by being less religious? Maybe. And do you think his lack of religiousness resulted in his grieving being more severe because he doesn't believe that she's gone to an afterlife or I don't know but um I don't know if he's entirely without religion but certainly for the time period Hmm. writing a poem about death not including Jesus not including God in any way Hmm. and he was certainly not religious enough that the other sisters kind of dissociated for it um they were kind of relieved when he died I think it's one critic said don't know if that's Oh, right. okay. A fair interpretation. No one, we, no one's alive who was there with them who can vouch. Like, oh yeah, Charlotte was like, yay! <laughs> Let's have a party. Branwell died. But I think he was quite a source of stress. Right. 
because of his partying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some self-loathing when he's like, why is she dead and I'm not, or you're not, because he tries to make it a universal experience. Like, you know that feeling when someone you love dies and you're like, why aren't I dead? <laughs> um. Um, it's, what was he doing at the time of writing this poem? Was he self... Did he get... Was he only funded off his poetry? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know everything about Branwell. I will put my hands up in the air How and say, you? I'm so sorry. I don't know everything about Branwell. Um, he says, joy itself is but a shade. So... He doesn't, he sounds pretty depressed. He doesn't get much joy. Um, and at the end of the poem, final stanza final line it's revealed that the person he's talking about who's feeling this grief and this shame at being the one left behind and can't even feel joy is actually the husband of caroline what you look confused <laughs> so it it's not about this in that the poem is about a husband grieving his wife yes but it's actually a representation of him grieving his it's sister. been argued that yes this is oh, okay. the way of him processing his grief for his sister's death but obviously a lot of his family died. It could be about any of them. <laughs> I think... Did he ever marry? He had a relationship with a married woman, <gasps> but that worsened his alcoholism and his drug abuse because she was married, so he couldn't, like, stay with her. That's not very happy. But yeah, there you, there you go. Thank you. So back to the poem. Yes. We don't need context. <laughs> we do need context. We need all the context. I love context. <laughs> Please shower me with context. So, um, the final stanza reveals that all along this has been about the husband of his wife who's died. Right. And so the grief is from his perspective. Um, it also discusses some interesting stuff about memory. For example, it says, Thou mayest forget the day which gave that child of beauty to thy side. Mm. So you may forget the day you met her and fell in love with her and got to spend your life with her, but you'll never forget the moment when her grave took back your borrowed bride. You'll never forget her death, though. It's very depressing. Right, okay. It's like the impact of all the days you spent with her are going to fade away, but this is such a horrible event, it's going to stick with you forever. And that's the end of the poem. <laughs> She's just like, you're going to forget every happy moment. And but this, you'll always remember this habit. You'll always remember this horrible event in your life. The fact that you she's dead. So did that strike you that Branwell is a very depressing writer? He seemed quite depressed. It's not For something... person partying all the time. You'd think he was more... Oh no, if he's an alcoholic and a drug addict, generally mental illness sort of goes hand in hand with that oh, sort of thing. Yeah. If you have an addictive personality, it's likely you have these other traits. It's sort of... Yeah. Um... But it doesn't strike me when I, the things I've read of the other sisters. I've read of one book by Charlotte Bronte, one book by another Bronte sister. <laughs> Emily? Emily Bronte. I've read <gasps> I got it right. Okay. Emily Bronte and I've read Charlotte Bronte. And neither of them are that depressed. Okay. Um, in okay. fact, they sort of have go on about strength of mind and how good it is and... She's just showing off, rubbing in. <laughs> we have strong mental health. You, on the other hand, you are just addicted to drugs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What did you think of the poem as a whole? It wasn't that memorable. It was just a bit depressing and sad. But it is a grievy poem. 
I find it quite weird that people would buy this poem. Yes, I want this poem to remind me of when I, my family died. Well, no, I don't think they'd buy it. It looks like it's one of the ones published in the literary magazines. Right. And the, not literary magazines, that newspapers. newspapers yeah. um, because it's got his pseudonym. Um, that's how he published his work. He didn't really... Sell them. Yeah. Right. So, I are, mean... Are depressing poems popular? Do people like depressing poems? No, I don't understand you. Almost every poem is about love or death. This what? is about both. Right. <laughs> He's trying to double whammy. <laughs> it's more about death and how sad it is than it is. Because the love the husband feels for his wife is mentioned a lot less than the grief he feels at her absence. Right, and it, he, he prioritises the grief over the happiness. He's like, all woke around her but her. Yeah, he's just quite sad. Um, I think the poem deals with some interesting ideas. Such as? Um, it deals with grief quite well, and... Self-hatred. <laughs> yeah, blame the feeling that how can you be the one left behind, and the worry that your memories of joy will fade with that person. But there are some issues I have with it. Such as? The rhyme scheme about is A-B-A-B. A-B-A-B, Which is less... Less childish, but... See, it's just personal preference, because the rhyme scheme is A, B, A, B. Hmm. Um, in my opinion, I don't think a piece this depressing should have rhyme. But rhymes are fun. Maybe you remember it more. <laughs> yeah. For the time period and the sort of poetry that's being written at this time, hmm. it makes sense that it has a rhyme scheme. Right. But my personal preference is towards not a rhyme yeah, scheme. Yeah, but you are a modern person. <laughs> And yeah. in those days, they might have thought it was very fitting for... That's what I mean. Um, it's not fair to complain, oh, this is a bad poem because he uses rhyme, even though it's about grief, because that was just typical to the era. Did you find it very memorable? And what, what stayed with you after reading it? Some of the rhymes don't sound that good. Do they not? No. Read an extract. For example, Hall and Paul. Yeah. And, and that's some of his other poems. He... Oh, I can't really say that, can I? He what? The war one care. <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't like some of the other rhymes he had. They didn't work very well. I also feel like there's too many exclamation marks. Is that? I didn't... I don't remember the exclamation marks. Let me see. Oh yeah. There's lots of questions. The questions make sense. Yeah. But to me, the exclamation marks don't. Maybe they used it differently. Like, maybe it's exclamation of... <laughs> Great feelings of ecstasy, of sadness as well. <laughs> I just know. I just think. So strong is their reality! Exclamation mark. He finishes this on an exclamation. It makes it feel more mopey and. shouty into the windy. It's about. each line is an octave. One, two, three, four. Yeah. There's eight beats. And that's what makes it feel kind of nursery rhyming. I think this would work better in iambic iambic pentameter. I just think it shouldn't have such a bouncy rhythm because it's such a sad piece. But it's it's not said very sadly with all the exclamation marks. It seems like more of a, as I said, shouting into the windy. 
yeah, it's interesting. It's got lots of exclamation marks. It's got a bouncy rhythm. But it is, the content is so sad. Maybe it's a modern day, like a modern day happy song with sad lyrics kind of poem. <laughs> Which you're such a fan of. Yeah, that's the thing. Can you, I think that's why critics get so caught up in it. It's like, is Branwell a bad writer? <laughs> or is, or he is being this intentional? Too clever. <laughs> is it intentional? Have we just written him off because the others were so good? Mm. We get an average poet and we're like, eh. It was awful, just because we're comparing him to, to his sisters. sisters. Should we be doing that? Was he that? compared to his sisters for his life? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I don't know at the time, but definitely now. The only time we hear about Branwell is in relation to his sisters. Do you think this poem, and any of his poems, or any of his work, or any of his translations, would be remembered had the work of his sisters not become so renowned? No. They, he would just be an average poet like we wouldn't have heard of ever. I mean, we ha no one has really heard of his poetry anyway. What I'm asking is, would there be copies still in existence that could be found? Probably not. If it's an average poet without an interesting family. Or, if his sisters hadn't been so good, would his work have been seen as better because you wouldn't have such geniuses to compare Maybe it to. Maybe if he had one genius sister and then one really rubbish sister <laughs> and he was like in the middle. Maybe we would think he was better but I think he did quite well out of his sisters being famous because he 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 has some recognition there. But he seemed a very depressed guy in his life. Yeah he didn't have a good time. No. Would you recommend the poems of Branwell Bronte? I feel almost guilty for saying this, but no. <laughs> Why do you feel that? <laughs> They're guilty? just average, just boring, and ugh. Read some of his sister's stuff. <laughs> no, I do find it quite interesting. But it, I do just find it interesting due to the context that he is a forgotten brother. This probably sounds really stupid, but it reminds me a bit of Keats. <laughs> but at the moment, I'm reading Keats's earlier work where he's a bit rubbish oh, right, okay. before he's really got into the flow of his writing. So are you saying like maybe if he were got into old age he would have worked out how to well, write Well no, poems? Keats died younger than he did. Oh did he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's another point, if his writing at this point, which is actually quite late in the scheme of his yeah, life. Yeah exactly, he was saying like how young he is but he's like... When Keats sort of hit that good spot in his writing about the age Branwell's writing this. Yeah. Are there any major differences between his work when he was younger and less party and when he was older and party? I don't know and I would like to see that but the problem is it's so hard, hard to, to find his okay, work. Yeah. I promise you when I go to uni and I have a big <laughs> library full of loads of academic books I will find out for you. Well thank you. I shall look forward to that time. Yes. Good. That's not how you end an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, phone. And then we end the podcast there. <laughs> so I think that's all we want to discuss on this poem. It feels weird ending here, but we got feedback after our last episode <laughs> that it was, it was way really too long. long. <laughs> so we were just like, right, okay, we Half need an, an idea episode. for a short yeah. one, so we're going to do one poem. 21 minutes is the best length, I think. Okay. I probably mess up number, but yeah, around 20 minutes. Okay, so sorry if this is too short. We're trying it out. Let us know. <laughs>
Yeah. And goodbye phone. <laughs> Our outro <laughs> is not goodbye phone. It's going to be. It's, it's going to be a meme now. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye phone. <laughs>